The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for joining us today. I'm very glad that you're listening, and thank you so much for recommending Spirit of Recovery to your family, your friends, to the people in your recovery community, your unity community, all the places that you travel, your other spiritual communities. It's great because we know that what we're doing here is making a difference, and you're letting us know that, too. You're letting us know that the guests that I have here on the program make a difference in your life, and I always bring guests that are uh, authentic, that are uh, living their work one way or the other uh, in their personal lives and in the work that they express to others in a way they reach out to be helpful to other people. So um, thank you again for letting everybody know about us here on Spirit of Recovery because we want to make a difference in people's lives. Thank you for liking our Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook, and thank you for letting me know what's happening with you in your spirituality and recovery walk. And uh, our guests are bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. So we got another great program for you today, and I know you're going to get uh, an immense amount of inspiration and information out of it that's going to support you in your recovery and your spirituality. So I want you to know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live, of course, via your smartphone or via your um, computer. You can go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can, uh, if you have an Alexa-enabled device, you can ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio and uh, search for Spirit of Recovery. And if you've, uh, you can... Here's on iTunes, so there's a variety of ways that you can listen. You can also listen on demand. We've got years' worth of great archive programs, incredible topics, great um, guests. Go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery, and through any of those venues, you can also listen on demand. I really want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a very welcoming place. Everybody's welcome here, um, certainly as a listener, certainly if you have a comment or question for my guest. If you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction or if you're just curious about what recovery and spirituality is all about, I'm really glad you're here. Uh, again, you're welcome to uh, ask a question, make a comment, 
um, just be a part of what's happening here uh, in the Spirit of Recovery community. I always want to give a shout out to family members and friends because that's that's my walk. If you're a family member or friend that's uh, got somebody that's got the disease of addiction in your life, know that there is recovery for family members and friends. There are 12-step programs um, like Al-Anon family groups. Um, there are other kinds of 12-step programs for friends and families. There are also lots of therapies and different kinds of things that really support family members and friends to getting uh, around and living in a different way than focusing on that person that's got a disease and in a way that supports the disease and that you learn how to support their recovery and most importantly how to support your own sense of self in your own life. So um, I also want you to know that you can, if you want to, if you like what you hear on Spirit of Recovery or in the other great programs on Unity Online Radio, and if you'd like to support this nonprofit online radio station financially, you can do that. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and you can make a one time or an ongoing um, contribution that supports the nonprofit UnityOnlineRadio.org. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and also an addictions counselor, and I'm a person that has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction, and uh, I was just counting that up about 36 years ago, a little more. Those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And ever since that time, my walk has been an integration of unity principles and recovery principles. And uh, that keeps on transforming my life and calling me into greater accountability and greater congruence. And I'm really grateful for that. It keeps me growing. So I am delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to bring you great guests and to hear what's happening for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. So today, again, we're going to have a great uh, program, and uh, the topic today is Relax on Impact, Empowering Lasting Change. You know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, and sometimes trying to navigate that paradox can feel like we are heading for a big crash. Um, My guest today is therapist and author Jill Hare, and she has created a supportive guide, How to to Navigate That Paradox. It's a a guide to living our spiritual values in our human experience and our human expression. She has a program called Relax on Impact, and it guides and supports uh, those people in 12-step recovery, in uh, relationship communication, and in deepening uh, recovery. You know, recovery isn't just about stopping doing uh, a behavior that's hurtful to us, whether it's uh, using a substance in in a way that uh, is harmful or uh, being addicted to that or whether it's being addicted to enabling a person's uh, uh, active addiction. But recovery is really deeper than that. Recovery is about claiming your life. And um, that's what Jill Hare does, my guest, is she's got a program that really helps people do that. She's going to be talking to us today about inner chi- your inner child and um, talking to us about what it means to learn and to grow in uh, spiritually in a way that is uh, really helpful. She's going to help uh, talk to us today about discovering that connection between body, mind, and spirit, and uh, talk to us about her program, Relax on Impact, and it's fascinating how she's developed this and, and what happens with it. 
Jill is a licensed mental health counselor. She's a national certified counselor and a certified addictions professional. Um, she offers emotional literacy and communication skills that support dimensional 12-step recovery and psychotherapy to process family of origin issues. And um, you can learn more about her work if you go to jillhair.com and it's J-I-L-L-H-A-I-R-E dot com. And you can find out all about the work that she does and read more in detail about her program, Relax on Impact. And I know you'll want to after you hear that today. So welcome to Spirit of Recovery, Jill. I'm really glad that you're my guest today. Oh, thank you, Anne. I couldn't be more pleased to be be chosen to share all of this with you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Well, glad you're here. So, and, and Jill also is a, happens to be a member of Unity Church and participates there. So she really, uh, understands that integration of unity and, um, recovery principles. And, and also she's a journeyer like many of us and, and should be and has, has, uh, engaged in many levels and many ways of engaging her spirituality. And that's a, a rich, rich life. So, um, Jill, Tell us a little bit to start off with what called you to create your program, Relax on Impact. Well, Anna, it's it's a good question. It started with a book and then became a program. Same same words though. Um, I had been in recovery from alcoholism. I'd been in AA for two years, uh, starting in 1997, and at two years sober. I was now dealing with the deeper addiction called relationship addiction. I now know um, I was uh, with I had been married many years. It was not working out and I could could see the signs and was struggling to try to force the issue, I think. And uh, right in the middle of that whole dynamic, I happened to be in a car accident. I was on the way to help my elderly mother um, in an independent living home to get some insurance. And I'm on the way driving 50 miles an hour the speed limit, and someone pulled right out in front of me just as I uh, crossed paths with a, a subdivision. They just pulled right out, and there was no time to hit brakes or turn the wheel, and I knew it was over. I'd never been in an accident, but this was it, and I, you know, my life flashed before my eyes, and I heard this voice coming from my chest area, and it was very... It's a voice I'd never heard or felt, and it said, relax on impact and order, hmm. and I hmm. did immediately. And at hmm. 50 miles an hour, I relaxed and put my head down. And the cars crashed at full force, and both were totaled completely. And when I put my head up, I thought I had probably died, uh, but no, it was, you know, I was alive with a little bruise on my left hand. Uh, she had just gotten out of a hospital down the street and was heavily over-medicated, and so she relaxed on impact mm-hmm. and was not hurt. And wow. I, I very, very quickly realized this, these words were not to be forgotten, and they weren't just literal. They were very symbolic, uh, not only of a physical crash, but of uh, emotional life <laughs> and spiritual mm-hmm. life. So it was a mission. It's as if you've been given a mission and you know that, um, mm-hmm. and yet it's so big. I went back to college. I had to complete all my – I had dropped out of college after my sophomore year at age 19. Um, I was afraid of math. I had never done it, but I was afraid of it. I just dropped out and married a man with a degree in accounting. <laughs> as I look back, that was 
that worked for a while. But um, so, you know, I didn't drop back into life until I was 42 is when I became sober. And at 44, I had this accident. And I'm now back in college and I got all my degrees and did my own therapy for two years once a week. And then, and only then did I really have the authentic right to write the book. And uh, eventually it turned into a movie. So that's where we are right now with curriculums and uh, a lot of other things. But that's the story there. Wow, that's quite a story. And and uh, you you did, you really heard that voice. You heard, I don't know, the, I, do you think it was your higher power or what was it? It had to be because I've, I've heard the voice two or three more times now, and it's not always exactly from the chest, but it's the same kind of sound. I, hard to explain. Everyone probably has their own way they hear it. But it's it's not a voice of my own, and it's not my thoughts. It's it's a higher power, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. So um, you you said that you – tell us first before we talk in more detail about the Relax on Impact uh program and and the book and the movie and so forth tell us a little bit about the you are obviously a licensed therapist mental health counselor and an addiction therapist addiction counselor tell us what's your approach what how is it that you try to support people do you help people get sober or what okay it's a good question because it is a couple of different things to do uh when you you know i i do relationships and then there's addictions uh, with, with people who are in addiction or who are in recovery, I, I uh, try to help them visualize a surface addiction. At the very top is addiction, uh, where whatever it is, alcohol, drugs, sex, I don't care what it is, but if it's at the very top layer, that has to be either regulated or abstained from in some way for us to go even deeper, to do the deeper uh, present communication skills work and down lower to the family of origin. The surface addiction. Why is it that, that you have to deal with that top stuff first? Why do you have okay. to do with that first? Good question. The reason is that if we are checking out, if we are in active addiction of any kind, we are checking out from feelings. And it's not only a habit, it's an obsession. So, you know, all our willpower in the world, it's very strange because I have a ton of willpower and I could not stop drinking no matter what without surrender. So there's a whole process of humility and surrender and fellowship that has to occur to allow me to feel safe enough to now check in to life instead of checking out with my feelings that I can't deal with. Mm-hmm. So once I have that surface um, addiction, not in, in complete cure, you know, actually, supposedly there is no cure, but either regulated, if it's sex and food, we have to regulate it. If it's alcohol and drugs, we have to abstain, but then we have to develop a life to support that decision. And this right. is about checking in to life. Now, if you haven't done that, there's really no point in going much deeper. We really need to start checking in and learning skills and communicating if you're not really emotionally available. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know that one of the things that you do in the therapy that you uh, provide people is that you do teach them um, skills. You teach communication skills. Um, you teach uh, practicing healthy boundaries. You uh, practice helping people uh, get in touch with their emotions. Tell us some more about that, those things. Like, how does that work? What do you, what do you teach people? Yeah. 
It's, a, it's very important. It was taught to me in my own therapy, and it made a huge change in my life. And there are people call it cognitive behavioral therapy, but it come, boils down to called the ABC theory. A is an event, any event. B is what I think about that event. And C are my single word feelings. Feelings, I thought they were I feel like, I feel that. No, no, no. They're single words. I feel sad, scared, hurt. Once I start to connect an event and my thought about it, which creates the feelings, uh, you know, I thought the feelings fell on your head from, from you know, like rain. They don't. Mm-hmm. We actually create our feelings from our thought. And the event mm-hmm. is meaningless if you're free. <laughs> so now my mm-hmm. thought, what's my thought all about? Um, can I change my thought and challenge the way I'm looking at this event? I should be able to look at it several different ways if I'm free. But if I keep defaulting back to the same thought, that means these feelings that were created remind me of a family of origin event. And I need to go backward, all the way back down to start to unhook from the core of this whole childhood issue. Mm-hmm. So it's all a big, long connection, you know, but it's, it, it provides intellect over emotion, which is thought over feelings. Thoughts need to make decisions. Feelings need to be named and felt. Mm-hmm. So... What if, so like give us an example, like what if somebody gets, uh, say they're in a relationship and they just get really, really angry every time uh, their partner or somebody in their family leaves a dirty dish in the sink. Trace that for us. Okay, I will. Well, Well, and we'll get to that. The first thing is that anger is a secondary emotion. The primary emotions are those smaller words, scared, hurt, there's lists of them. If they are depressed, if those feelings are pressed down, it builds up to what's called the secondary emotion of anger. Anger is not for communication. It's for control. It's the illusion of control, usually. And it's either rage, passive aggression, sarcasm, or depression. So by the time I'm getting angry about something in the sink, if I would stop and drop, I tell people, stop and drop if you feel angry. What's under it? Okay, I feel, I feel resentful and annoyed. It's respect that you don't care about all the dishes in the sink that I have to, I'm trying to use. Would you be willing? Here's the boundary. I'm willing to help you clean them, but I'm not willing to come to this sink when it's got dirty dishes in it. Okay, and mm-hmm. if that continues, I will take over the dishes. I can't control you, but please know you're impacting me. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. called communication, not control. Talk some more about the difference there between communication and control. Communication says the universal language of human beings is feelings words. Why? Because we, every single one of us knows what it feels. An example would be a couple that I had into my office, uh, and they were in their 70s. They'd been married 32 years. And they said, we don't, you know, our, our older daughter said we must come in. I said, well, how do you deal with conflict? Well, we both shut down. You don't get overly angry. You just shut down. Yes. What do you get angry about? And he said, well, I'll tell you. You know, the problem is this. I collect books and tapes. It's important. It's history. We should do this. It's good education. And as he talked, she kept wincing and wincing. Her face kept twisting. And I said, stop. You are having feelings. Can you please use this sentence and insert the feelings? And she said, well, I'll try. She said, when you collect hundreds and hundreds of books and tapes and put them by the front window in the living room, I'm thinking the neighbors can see it too. And I feel trapped, annoyed, and humiliated. 
And he looked so shocked, Anna. And I said, you look, you look really surprised, sir. I thought you knew. He said, no, no, I didn't know she felt humiliated. Hmm. I said, okay, so you've been married 32 years. You've argued forever, but one single word feeling is where you leaned into her world for a moment and said, I see that you feel humiliated. It's an awful feeling. Now we detach and say, but do I agree, disagree, or partly agree with your thought? I'm not your twin. You know, but I, I, I see why you feel humiliated because you're thinking this. Now, what am I thinking? Mm-hmm. And, of course, we had to talk about hoarding after that. But <laughs> the point is, yeah. you know, they connected with a feeling, and I've seen it happen hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. But if we don't, most people don't express, you know, feelings. It's just, I think, I think, and they're in a power struggle of thoughts. Instead of connecting to the feelings that that really let you into a person, mm-hmm. I like what you're saying about that. Like you're talking about connection and and leaning into the person and so forth. Um, it, and, and you said in this about this particular couple that what they had said before was that they they just shut down. So it sounds like I don't know. These are my words, but you tell me how you see it. But it's almost like getting people to come out of isolation. Yes, and get. Isolation or over control, because again, you know, we can, we're probably going to get to this in a minute, but codependency is when one person functions most as the emotional part and the other focus functions more as the parental intellectual half. So, you know, half and a half is a codependent dance, I call it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we want to become complete within ourselves. I have the thought and the emotion, and I want to share that with you, and I want you to share yours with me. We're interdependent. Not codependent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that and most of us are codependent to some degree, right? Sort of glued to other people in a way instead of really sharing with them. S- saying, "I need you. You're my other half. You know, you're my either intellect or emotion. Without you, I'm just a half, and you complete me." Remember that movie? You complete me. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. then eventually you deplete me, is what I call it, because it becomes toxic that way. Parent and child, we're each parent and child of ourselves as an adult you know Mm -hmm. we need to be able to stand on our own but share interdependently with our mate and that means i'm not always you i won't always agree with you but i can sure you know validate your feelings and take Mm -hmm. a look at it right right you know i know that you have uh some very personal experience with this about you Mm -hmm. and your husband would you be willing to share that with us very much so. Um, again, you know, my first marriage um, of 18, actually it was 20 years when it ended, um, was very codependent. I was absolutely the child, and he was the intellect, the parent. This relationship we both met, and it's quite interesting. I could not have set this up myself. I do, I do believe my higher power was involved. But um, I grew up in Illinois, in Peoria, and uh, my, my husband grew up in Illinois, in Chicago, uh, he grew up just blocks away from my cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, but I never met him. Um, hmm. I was two hours south. We each got married, had children, moved to Florida. Both were alcoholics, ended up in recovery, and met in a church in a recovery Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Uh, I was 10 years sober, and he was 9 years sober, so it wasn't a new relationship that a lot of people warn against those new relationships in recovery. You know, they call it train wrecks that meet if you're just barely sober, but we had the time behind us. 
So um, we met and we married. We've now been married 10 years, Anna, and it's totally different from anything else. Um, we each are very spiritual. We learn, we grow, we make corrections. He's a musical uh, genius, frankly. He plays eight instruments, sings. He uh, wrote the soundtrack for the movie book that I wrote. He's uh, he's amazing, but it's we, we are kind of a team for the most part. It's not uh, as codependent as, as what I was used to. Mm-hmm. What did it take you to become a team and, and to have a really different experience um, in this marriage? I'm guessing part of it was the fact that you were both in recovery and both in your it sobriety. Helped, but, you know, but I really think, Anna, I see it as... I see it as two different addictions, to be honest with you. I see the surface addictions that we discussed, and then deeper, I see what's called relationship addiction. And I uh-huh. think it starts at the surface level with whoever you're with as a mate, but it goes way deep into family of origin. And each of us, my husband and I, have done that deeper work, so you're not recreating. They call it the repetition compulsion, where you repeat the pain of childhood, not the positives, mind you. We, we tend to repeat the pain. And, and find and fall in love with someone that hurts us that way. It's, it's very emotional, not intellectual. Mm-hmm. This time, the awareness on both of our sides, I'll say, oh, I feel triggered. When you speak to me in that tone of voice, it really reminds me of the way my mom would, would act. And he'll take, go, okay, I'll take a look at that. You know, we're aware that we have family of origin issues that will, will trigger. They'll get stirred no matter how much work you do. You're never really, you can't cure childhood. You manage it. That's what you <laughs> mm. do. <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I believe. For sure. Yeah, yeah. well, um, what, if you, would you be willing to share with us a little bit about what some of, I don't mean to go into great detail or, or to invade your privacy, but what are some of the ways that you've changed from your work that you've done personally with your uh, family of origin issues? Oh, my goodness. It's huge. It's huge. Okay. I was very overly close to my father, and he was a wonderful unity person, but he also, I believe, was an alcoholic. He was a high, high-functioning one. My mom was pretty much just pretty and quiet and didn't much. She didn't drive. She didn't work. She didn't do a lot of things, and she wasn't emotionally very available. So I tended to look for men that were not emotionally available and try to make them be emotionally Mm -hmm. available. And I didn't know I was doing that, of course. Um, And, of course, with my father, my father was a musician, and he was uh, a musician, but he played two instruments only. He majored in violin, and he also played the piano. But he would say to me, when rock and roll and the Beatles came out, I said, Dad, I I really wish you'd listen to some of this rock, and it's called rock and roll with me. And he said, Jill, there's two kinds of music, music and noise. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he meant it. And I couldn't mm-hmm. share it with him. It broke the musical bond that we had together because I had to make a decision. You know, I'm either going to be what he wants me to be because he's really my only parent emotionally. Or else I, you know, I can't be me. I would hide to hear my own music. It, it sets up a... You know, children, they need to be loved so much and accepted by each parent and then learn to individuate over time prior to turning 18. You know, um, I kind of felt like I all of a sudden I turned 18 and was thrown to the forest to try to figure out who I was. I was a little girl. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just very important, the process of, of teaching kids their feeling words. How do you feel and how can you comfort yourself and how else could you think about this? You know, teaching. But I never had any of that. And when I did the family of origin work, I was convinced that my dad was perfect. And I told the therapist that. I said, well, dad and I were perfect. But my mom had a lot of issues. And she said, perfect, Jill? I said, yep. She said, well, we'll go back to that later. <laughs> but she said, uh, you've got to find balance. Every, every parent has positive and negative impacts on every child. And that's the balance. Otherwise, you're, you're going to keep repeating pain here. You're in some denial. And eventually, she was right, of course. And I found out that my mom had a lot more positive impacts on me than I knew. And my dad and I were way too close. And it was very harmful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never saw it. I saw myself in as special. And so because mm-hmm. it wasn't negative treatment, I just, you know, I tolerated boundaries that were crossed that were pretty close to being really crossed. Mm-hmm. And it's all in the book that I wrote that is a movie. And uh, mm-hmm. I hope that people can all relate to it with different details. But healing mm-hmm. from that means reparenting yourself, bringing forward those positive impacts that you have defined and really making, you know, dealing with the negative ones in a certain way. There are skills that take you backward that I have in my program, several skills to get you back mm-hmm. there. And then we right. end with what I, what's called gestalt therapy, where you really empty out that childhood mm-hmm. and come forward more empowered. Wow. It's time mm-hmm. for our break. Um, and uh, we're going to take just a brief break, so listeners stay with us. And we're talking about Relax on Impact, Empowering Lasting Change. My guest is therapist and author Jill Hare, who has created a wonderful uh, supportive guide called Relax on Impact to uh, helping us grow spiritually and doing just what she's talking about to really become ourselves and uh, and have relationships that are interdependent and uh, that support us and energize us instead of depleting us. Um, when we come back, we're going to hear all about her Relax on Impact program. There's a lot of components to it, and it's very engaging. So she's going to tell us all about that. Also, uh, go to her website, jillhair.com, and it's J-I-L-L-H-I-R-E, and you can learn H-A-I-R-E. more about her. Oh, did I say it backwards? Oops. Yes. H, thank you. H-A-I-R-E, thank you, dot yes. com. And um, you can learn all about uh, what she does and, and also learn uh, more details about Relax on Impact. So stay with us here on Spirit of Recovery. We're going to be right back, and uh, we'll have a brief meditation, and then we'll hear a lot more from my guest, Jill Hare. So we'll be right back. you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world that's easier than ever with mobile giving just text unity radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives we are all on the journey together Making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. 
Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. of thousands of listeners like you have been transformed through the ministry of Paulette Pipe and her program, Touching the Stillness, one of the longest-running programs on Unity Online Radio. Paulette's latest album of guided meditations, Blissful Stillness, is a new and different experience. The mystical quality of our beautiful voice will reverberate through a Zen-style meditation, a mudra meditation, which are yoga hand positions to deepen your practice, and guided meditations, which we know and love. It features a new instrumental sound by Kelly Hunt with a bonus track by Kathy Zavada. Experience a blissful immersion into quiet and stillness by purchasing your own copy at Shop. Dot UnityOnline.org Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is Relax on Impact, Empowering Lasting Change. My name is Anna Schaus. I'm a, uh, your host here, a Unity Minister and Addictions Counselor. Um, and my guest is Jill Hayer. And she's talking with us about her program, Relax on Impact. And she's going to be sharing more about that with us um, in the rest of our conversation. Before I get back to my conversation with Jill, I invite you to join me in the Serenity Minute. It's a brief moment to relax, to let go, to open your mind and heart, and to make that conscious contact with your higher power as you understand your higher power. So I do invite you to relax, to let go, to feel that peaceful presence that is the higher power as you understand it, and to let yourself relax and open up your heart and mind and share with me this constructive idea. I am full of the energy of life. My life is important. My life matters. I am full of the energy of life. My life is important. My life matters. And now we take a brief moment in the quiet.
Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I hope and trust that that was an opportunity for you to even briefly make that conscious contact with your higher power and with that life energy that is who you are and that importance that you have in this life and that you matter. So now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, therapist and author, Jill Hare. And um, Jill, thank you for sharing with us in the first half of uh, Spirit of Recovery today about the therapy that you provide and the family of origin issues. And now I, I really do want to ask you in more detail about your Relax on Impact program. And um, you've uh, so tell us, how long have you been actually had this particular program and and tell us a little bit about the different parts of it and and how they work. Thank you. Well, uh, after the book, the manuscript uh, was was completed, uh, my first edition, I wanted to make a second edition that was a little more specific and a little different in detail. So I started to do that. And um, as I did that, I was on a a talk show. I was invited on on a talk show called Point of View. And I met a video producer who heard me saying, Sometimes in the night, I think it ought to be like a movie instead of just a manuscript because it's a terrible story. Uh, the main character is toward Earth. She loses the name Perfect and becomes just Cloud. And she tries so to parable. earn that word. Yes, she tries to earn the word <laughs> perfect back from the Earth <laughs> imposters, I call it, of, you know, power. Uh, resources and so much more love. I saw it visually, in other words, I much more even than in writing. And finally, he said, well, why don't we start making this? It won't be exactly an animated movie, but it'll be really close. So for four years, as I would write the second edition and go to work, I would then work with him. I would create pictures and he would animate them. And I, I narrate the whole book. So as the movie, um, at a certain point, um, my husband, who I told you was a musician, was at a, a nearby restaurant near the airport here in Orlando playing for what's called a gospel jam. And uh, he was playing Amazing Grace up on stage with some people. And, um, he came down and in came a man we had never met. And he just said, I, I wanna, I've heard, I know people that know you, Jill, and uh, you, Andy, and I know you're doing an audiovisual book here. You're in the middle of it. It's going to have a soundtrack, I've heard. And, and I wonder... Uh, Andy, have you written the sound? Have you written the the uh, theme song for it yet? And Andy said, "I'm sorry, who are you?" <laughs> and he said, "Well, you might not know me, but my name is Will Covington, and I'm a Grammy Award winning drummer. I played drums for BB King, James Brown, and Gladys Knight and the Pips. You may know them." <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, and, and Andy said, "Well, I'll be honest, I haven't had much time to to write a theme song, but I'll do it when I can." And he said, "No, no, no, meet me here in two weeks with the theme song." And, of course, that song burst out of my husband, and it's called Perfect Love. And it is about God, and it's beautiful. And so then, Will Covington would call once a year, Anna, for four years to see how it was coming. And at the end of year four, which was about six months ago, we said, we're finished. And and he said, okay, you keep writing the soundtrack for the book, and we'll, we'll record it. I'll find you a studio, and I'll oversee the recording. My daughter harmonizes with one of the songs as well. So it's very professional, to put it mildly. It's, it's beautiful. And throughout the whole book, my husband wrote a you know, beautiful soundtrack for different emotions that come into play. Right. So to tell you the truth, it is 
you know, it's a book about leaving, thinking that we've left God, that there's a fall to earth, and thinking that, hey, guess what? I don't get to see him again till I die. Well, yes, we do. But the way that we have to do that is we have to go through a process of relieving ourselves of addiction and individuating and becoming an empowered adult, and then allowing God to take over. We have to say goodbye to the first two gods in our life, known as mom and dad. We've got to emotionally and physically leave home and be interdependent with our parents instead of codependent in order to let the real God in. And that's, that is a process. It's not an event. So this whole, you know, I think everything I've ever learned in college and my own therapy, I was a hospice counselor for five years, learned how to comfort. I worked in residential treatment with addictions for five years. I learned how to confront. I combine it all, all of it, in this book that has become a program with curriculums for colleges, for uh, practitioners, for detox, residential treatment, IOP, intensive outpatient, um, and for families and friends of alcoholics and addicts who need education the most of anybody because they mm-hmm. don't know what tough love is and they're enabling. They can love people to death, and I see it happen. Right, yeah. So this, this is for a lot of people. We, you know, it's been announced there's a national state of emergency with opioids. Well, here's something new and deeper. Let's, let's go deeper with a parable story that gives us perspective but skills that connect and help set us free. What are some of the skills? I mean, it sounds, again, like you're saying the book, the purpose is to help us become individuals, be, have our own lives, and and uh, make that connection with, as you, I don't know, if, did you say the word, the real God? I think you did say that, and I, I'm all for yeah. that. So, how do you do that? I know you've already told <laughs> us some, some ways already, of course, yeah. but what what's the what are the basic uh, skills and the ways that you uh promote that through through your Relax on Impact movie and book and, and the curriculum. Yeah. So how do you do well, that? Well, I think, as, as I said, it's interesting because it's all about weather formations, first of all, to give it, you know, perspective and kind of like a cartoon would be, only with really deep information. Mm-hmm. So you've got Perfect Cloud visiting Earth and her father, Daddy Double Hemicane is his name, and he <laughs> he stirs up a lot of resources, and yet he... He backs up under toxic rain clouds, and he likes the feeling of that. And she feels upset by that, but watches Mommy count how much she drinks and then supply more for him, drag another cloud over for him. So that mixed message begins. And she, you know, traverses through addiction, and then she has her first drink of toxic rain. And that is her first spiritual experience. Because to be honest with you, that is a spiritual experience. If you're allergic to drugs or alcohol, that's what happens. It's false and phony, but it is very much the bliss that one might think heaven is. Mm -hmm. And then this cloud goes through, you know, the relationship addiction with boyfriends. She goes through everything that I went through in my life and boundaries that are crossed at home and not knowing who she is. Leaving at age 18, yes, I'm an adult. But most people at 18 aren't adults. They've just left home with all their childhood suitcase full of positive and negative impacts and a big mess, not cleared out. So you don't become a real adult. At that point, you're looking for your other half. 
Mm-hmm. Here we go. The codependence, relationship addiction. So you have to have a breakdown in some way of relationship addiction and the surface in order to really get humble and go, okay, teach me what to do. And in my private practice, it takes humble people to come in and say, all right, I'm willing to learn what a feeling word is. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are like, no, I don't, I, but, you know, that gets me right in the feels. That's all you need to know. No, that's not true. You've got an inner child inside of you that's never going to grow up, is never supposed to grow up, and it's called feelings words. The thought is the parent. You're going to reparent yourself with boundaries, learn who you are, not who your parents wanted you to be, and instead of obeying what your parents thought, you honor them by becoming empowered you as an individual. And that, you have to give yourself permission, Anna, to do. A lot of people feel guilty doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't honor my parents. Yes, it does. Totally honors your parents. You know, we look back at Jesus, and I don't think he, re- you know, he was a very good example of, didn't you know I'd be doing this, Mom and Dad? What do you mean you, you were looking for me? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he, he knew. <laughs> he knew who his father was. Call no yes, man he on did. earth. He knew. Mm-hmm. We make gods of our parents. And particularly if we didn't get our emotional needs met from them, we're still, it's called the repetition compulsion of the inner child. Not a choice, a compulsion. Because if you didn't love me enough, it means I caused it and I must cure it. And we need to say, no, 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 I'm the new parent of this little girl. I have boundaries. You're a great girl. Go forward here. We'll make corrections, not perfection, as needed. And we'll decide what we're willing and unwilling to allow in our life. Anger isn't necessary if you really have clear boundaries. Right. So I think the whole, the whole end of the story is about returning to, to God, and this word perfect will reappear when you find out you never really lost that word perfect. You were just trying to, to earn it back from the wrong place. You know, we mm-hmm. need to revisit Earth with detachment, interesting word. We're over-attached to Earth. We have attachment issues. Hmm. So we need to visit and care, but not be so immersed. And uh, and it's, it's a form of worship when, when we're over-invested. So, um, you know, earth, you know I, I say that we're earth-blind. It, it was weird. At the very end of this audiovisual movie, uh, the videographer said, okay, Jill, we're almost through. I know it's been a long time. You know, this perfect cloud kind of thought she was a victim you know, of of the men in her life, and and now she's learned differently. We want a picture to illustrate her as a victim, and I've got a picture of a mouse that'll be perfect, but we need a bird of prey to symbolize the the predator in her life. And I said, listen, I'm so busy with the private practice. This is another chore. He said, well, we need to get going. Okay, goodbye. This was during winter. About a year ago, it was actually cold here in Orlando. And I drove home from the private practice for a brief break. And don't you know there's a bird of prey sitting under a tree at the median as I come up to my stop sign <laughs> there. And it's sitting, not standing. And I get, I go back and park, and I go toward it with my phone, and I take a picture. And it's, it's got a film, Anna, over its eyes completely. Huh. And it's sitting. And it wouldn't move. Huh. I felt concerned, but I don't know anything about birds of prey. So I drove home, came back to work, and didn't leave till 8 o'clock at night. It's dark, north wind, 
And I glance over at that median, and there's the bird still there with its wing shaking in the wind. Hmm. And I said, oh, no, I've got to help the bird. I called my daughter, who's a physician assistant, and she said, call animal control, and I'll, I'll try to see if there's another place. I called, and they said, we'll pick it up in the morning. And my daughter said, try Birds of Prey Rescue in, in uh, uh, Maitland. Well, I called, and they were closed. So I waited till the morning, and animal control said, well, we picked up the red-shouldered hawk and took it to mm-hmm. Birds of Prey Rescue in Maitland. So mm-hmm. here's the number. Keep track. And I, I called, and they said, I told them about the book, and they said, you're kidding. They said, well, first of all, this bird is in an incubator. It's in very guarded condition. It can't see and can't stand. We don't know why. But we'll be testing its blood, taking it home, uh, giving it antibiotics, and we'll try to rehab it if we can. Check with us weekly, which I did. And little by little, it began to stand, and the film lifted from its eyes. They don't know why, what was wrong with it. And at the Mm -hmm. last week, they called and said, meet us here on Sunday. And I said, okay, I'll go up to Maitland for more. No, 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 we're going to go to where you are because these birds mate for life. They're territorial. Mm-hmm. So on a Sunday, I called the videographer, and my husband came, and we're standing out front of my office. And this woman called on the phone and said, we've again been talking about your book. This is just amazing timing. Would you like to be the one that sets this hawk free? Oh, And I'm crying, and I'm trying to forgive everyone, because it's about forgiveness, of course, deep forgiveness, the last chapter of the book. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so when she came, it was difficult. It had a hood over its head. My hands were shaking. I tried. And finally, she said, I'll support your hand, but you you do the liftoff. And we counted. And I said, I set you free. And I was crying. And it went off to the sky, and its mate zeroed in six weeks later and met it. Wow. And my husband could be heard in the background saying, I'll make it up to you, honey. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh, it was so powerful. So I have at the end, I have that unedited footage at the end of this movie. Uh, The uh, hawk was blind and a picture of it, clearly blind. And now it sees uh, and flies. uh, And that's that's uh, us, right? That's right. Wow. That's that's amazing. Stuff happened. Mm -hmm. It sure is. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's I, a, I love that kind of, it, to me, I always call that a, a God job, this higher power. Oh. I say higher power is always at work, and sometimes I notice. <laughs> oh, my, exactly. I mean, it's like, yeah. could I have ever set any of that up myself? <laughs> I don't think so, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was just truly amazing. And a couple of other things that I won't go into happened during the making of it, some, some amazing God signs. But the, the uh-huh. truth of it is, I, I think that, you know, if we're willing to go into our own deep recovery, eventually we have a legacy to pass on. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, we just are launching it. To answer your other question, we have gone to a couple of rehabs with it, and, and we'll see what's going to happen with that. There's um, a little bit of resistance to spending money in rehabs if they have met the insurance requirements. I'm a little bit disappointed by that. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. there'll be rehabs that really care about their clients' deep recovery and uh, will invest in receiving this and uh, applying it. It comes with um, a teaching video. It comes with audio and visual skills, posters I've made of anger management, uh, things like that. I've done, I've created meditations that uh, become a treatment plan for relationship addiction. There's Mm -hmm. lots of things in this and, uh, 
written skills with cognitive behavioral therapy. Everything that connects goes back to Gestalt columns and sets sets that child free with its new parent named you. And mm-hmm. then we go to God. Wow. Is this available or not for individuals or um, or how, uh, if people are interested in this, how would they access it? Yes, right now we are limiting it to practice. The book is available online, Amazon.com. The actual movie is right now only available to practitioners and on up because it does speak to psychotherapy as well. It may end up being available for individuals. We're just at that process of even getting the fulfillment on the website with it. So um, we're, we're just it's not all com- complete at that piece, but um, for now it's pretty much going to be for practitioners and rehabs, colleges, things like that. Mm-hmm. Right, for sure. So people can have mm-hmm. a, a person really to be supportive of them or supportive context, not just sort of go off and do this, try to do it on your own. It's you really not really a self-help support. book. No, it's not a self-help right. book. And I say that in there that, that I'm alluding to a lot of skills that need to, to require supervision. So, But, you know, mm-hmm. it, it may one day be available in that form. I'm not saying no, but um, we're not sure yet. <laughs> right. So, so um, t- tell us a little more about what... How does a person's life change? Um, I know the people that you work with already in your private practice, your own life, and so forth. What's different about lives, people that are willing to do the family of origin work and learn these kind of connecting skills with self and others? How's life different for them than people I think than, life than is before? Different because, yeah, there's less. Um, the word trauma is interesting, it, it, it's un, unsolved feelings that have been depressed for so long and are triggered intermittently by someone that seems like my parent said this and, ooh, ooh, the pain is triggered again, the trauma. So half the time, you know, if you have not done this work, you're not even relating to your mate. You're, you're relating to a parent. You don't even know you are. You're reacting. So, mm-hmm. so when we get to know ourselves as individuals deeply and unpack all that core pain, and, and if our mate does that, too, and I love, I, I absolutely love doing work with couples where I see each one individually and then them as a couple. And I alternate that way, Anna, for, for months, maybe six months. By then, they each have unpacked. They're each relating to each other from a place of, uh, of, of new freedom and emotional availability. And, and they reflect each other's feelings and still have their own thoughts, opinions, and boundaries. So they're recreating their own relationship with themselves and then with their other, which is really how it should have been all along. Right, right. You know, if we start in childhood, and I actually teach children their feelings words. They're, they're so good at it, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are so good at it. Yeah, it's, it's mind-boggling. Um, but, yeah, I lo- I lo- it makes everything completely different. There's... It's night and day. It's the difference between a healthy, interdependent relationship and a toxic, I call it in the book, toxic mm-hmm. relationship, where I'm hmm. repeating the pain and pushing the pain button. Who would want to do that to someone? We don't mean right. to, but that it is what it is until you unpack it. Right. One last question, Jill, because we're getting to the end of our time here, but yes. what does it take, um, again, People make different choices, or or maybe they're able to make different choices. Not everybody's able to make the all you know the same choices. But some people do the family of origin work, and some people don't. 
what kind of uh, what does it take for a person? What kind of qualities or that's not the right word to state, but what kind of impulse does it take for somebody to be willing to do their family of origin healing work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. We have real quickly um, between ages zero and seven, we our attachment is created. Our attachment style is created very young, and we are either insecure avoidant or secure. Very few people are secure. We have symptoms of insecure or avoidant, needy or uh, avoidant, in other words. And the avoidant person has created a wall that kind of protects them from the person while wanting them near too. And the the needy person, uh, the insecure person, is overly needy. So what you have typically is that the insecure person many times wants their therapy and they want to do their work a lot sooner than the avoidant who says, I really like the wall. (laughs) You know, I don't Mm want to drop it. And when they Mm -hmm. do drop it piece by piece, they find out what's under there and it's very insecure. So if they're willing, they have to have a lot more surface pain is what I have seen to be willing to do it. Whereas the insecure person will come to it faster. It's, it's wonderful if they both do it. And I've seen it happen many times, Mm -hmm. but there are these Mm -hmm. two styles that we didn't create, but we have to, be willing to say, I deserve better as an adult. I deserve to feel and, 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 and be close to someone and still create my own space and boundaries and not have to run and hide. So, um, yeah, it's, we have to have what I call a breakdown of some sort, a breakdown to have the breakthrough. Surface addiction mm-hmm. and relationship addiction is the same thing. It's powerful, and I love what you just said there, and we'll end on this note, is that uh, people, and I would leave us uh, all with this idea, What just echoing what you just said, is that we all deserve uh, the best. We all deserve to have that closeness. We all deserve to have that uh, sense of, of our own self and have our own, our own, our own lives and, and connected with other people. It's powerful. Absolutely. And yet the pro- it's a process to get there, and there will be feelings. There will be some pain. It will all be worth it. And the three words that God gave to me to give to you are relax on impact. All right. Thank you so much, Jill. My guest is um, therapist and author Jill Hare, and uh, you can learn more about her at jillhairehaire.com and her work, uh, Relax on Impact, and the other work that she does. Thanks so much for being my guest today, Jill. You've really shared a lot with us. Thank you. I so much enjoyed it. Feel blessed by it. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening. So glad that you're with us today. And uh, be blessed. And we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Ever 
notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.